Hello and welcome to the Trailbusters podcast, where we talk everything outdoors and adventures. I'm Ethan. I'm Bing. And I'm Will. And this week, we're going to be talking about bike trips. Uh, Will, you've got a pretty big bike adventure coming up uh, pretty soon, don't you? Yeah, that's right. I'll be biking most of the way from Toronto to Montreal um, starting next week. That's quite a long journey. You think you'll make it? Yeah, I mean, to be honest, this is kind of uh, easy mode because my partner is going to be doing the same thing, but car camping. So I won't have to carry like most of the camping supplies and, mm. and cookware. Mm, that's good. Yeah. It's still a lot of biking, though. Um, how How far exactly is it from toronto to montreal or i mean not exactly how far is it roughly well to do the full <laughs> trip you probably it would depend on how many how how long you're willing to do your days but i think you could expect around five to seven days if you're doing the whole thing i won't be doing the whole thing we're starting from prince edward county and um, we're not going to okay. go all the way to montreal i'll be biking just kind of chunks of that um and skipping like some of the highways and like more mm. sketchy like um urban biking so uh i i'm expecting to have three full days of biking um and by full i mean like eight maybe shading into 10 hours on some days of biking mm, nice yeah. now as someone who doesn't really bike that much at all um and isn't in biking shape that really gives me no idea Dis what what kind of distance do you expect to be covering in those eight to ten hour days like are we are we talking you know four kilometers and then you take a really big lunch break or is this like <laughs> I, mean, I think somewhere around like 100k a day um in, in that area wow. yeah it's it, more than i was expecting yeah it's pretty ambitious um yeah we'll see how it goes the, uh, if you know weather depending and, and some other considerations but yeah it, it's on the upper edge of what would be like a reasonable way of planning this trip to be honest like uh, a lot of people say you know you should plan for like 80k a day um and that's sort of even on the upper side of things but given that i right. won't have a lot of gear and um it's pretty flat like i'm riding a, basically the entire trip is following the saint lawrence river it's flat in other words um mm -hmm. and they're like kind of nice county roads um i'm not really anticipating like uh, i'm anticipating to be able to like, keep up a pretty brisk pace and make good time and uh the fallback is that um i'll always be able if i need to to get help from teddy um, she can pick me up and carry me the rest of the way home if i get a flat or, or something bad happens so i have a sort of like uh, emergency option there which is a nice well i mean you should be carrying a kit anyways just in case of that stuff yeah i will i will i'll do all the due diligence i mean it's not my first rodeo when i lived on the west coast i did a bunch of these kind of trips it was kind of a regular thing for me like i did some trips um around vancouver island I've done some trips around the uh, Gulf Islands, like where Salt Spring, where we went um, many moons yep. ago, and mm -hmm. we, uh, which there's a great uh, episode of this very podcast. And um, yep. I've done a lot of riding around Seattle and the Olympic Peninsula. Um, so, mm -hmm. yeah, like yeah. I, I definitely am not in the same level of bike shape because I don't bike around as much. I used to bike to work and stuff like that. So I'm um, hoping that, you know, it'll all just kind of come back. But yeah, bike camping is something that I really, really love to do. And it's something that um, I've even done in other countries. Like I did uh, probably my biggest ride was in Hungary. Uh, I went with my friend Martin uh, and we biked from Hungary into the Ukraine. 
and into the Carpathian Mountains, and that was really, really fun and epic. Um, nice. Oh, cool. Yeah. That's, that's really nice. Um, yeah. But speaking of bike shape, I know we're going to do a tuning up ride. Um, what do you think? What are you anticipating you'll... Uh, you will it be hurting or will it be okay? I think it should be fine. I, I'm not gonna like break a break my back or whatever uh, tomorrow when we do that ride. But I'm glad we're doing it. Um, I've been doing a bit of riding around the city. Um, yesterday I did a pretty big loop. I went. I live on the east end of Toronto. I biked to the west side and came back. I did about an hour on my bike and I tried to go as fast as I could. It was really fun. Uh, I have a new bike I'm obsessed with. I actually got, um, it's called a Gorilla Monsoon, and it's made by a local um, bike company, All City Bikes. And they make their own, they make the, I think they make the bikes uh, here in Ontario. And uh, okay. they're really cool. They're like, um, I should show you guys some pictures later. I'll thread them in, in, in our Discord chat. But it's like, uh, it has really thick, chonky tires, like mountain bike style almost. Uh, but it's okay. got like a road bike frame. It's like a steel frame, so it's kind of like a. Uh, oh, bike. is it? Is it a gravel bike? Yeah, yeah, a gravel bike, exactly. Oh and my I god! Put a, <laughs> I, I put like a sick rack on it, and it has one of my favorite things about it. It has disc brakes. It has. It's like it's, it's kind of heavy, but it's just because it's really solid and bomb proof. Like I can, you can take that bike and and like really put it through a lot of stress, and it should hold up fine right like it's the wheels are yeah. going to be fine and and the frame is going to mm -hmm. be fine and everything unlike you know this lighter bikes that you'd have uh, but my favorite thing about it is it has this little switch which when you push it down it causes the seat to like drop into the frame and it's for mountain biking because it's it's based off like 1980s style mountain bikes so it's kind of like a mountain bike without suspension so it, it drops your center of gravity down so when you're riding on trails and you need to like go over some gnarly terrain or you want to be able to like put a foot down easily you're kind of worried about falling over uh you can drop your seat down so that's kind of a cool little that's feature. an interesting feature yeah for sure yeah. i've never seen a bike that has like a quick release or no not a quick release like a it's quick a transformation yeah exactly yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah i'll show you uh tomorrow being yeah it's transformer road bike in <laughs> disguise perfect yeah oh, it's boy. a sick bike and i got a, a nice rack for it i have a trailer hitch for taking the bike trailer which i don't need anymore because of the car but um i can carry about 70 pounds of gear on it just on the rack oh, wow. um it's rated for 70 pounds and it's front mounted. So it's kind of an interesting thing. Like when you have a bike for touring, you know, it depends what you're doing. If you're going like really long distance, like across, like, you know, this cross Canada is a whole other ball game, but you know, a really common long bike trip is West down the West coast. So, right. you know, you can go Washington, Oregon, California, and like end in like Big Sur or San Fran. That's like a really popular trip. And if you're doing that mm -hmm. kind of riding, you're going to want like front and back rack, um, panniers on the front like two pennies in the front two pennies in the back and maybe more storage um but for like the kind of you know 200 300k trip that i'm planning on doing uh, upcoming and that you know i anticipate would be like more than norm um you don't really need like the full kit right like you right you, you, th there's even an approach to bike camping which i think is really great and something that i would i would urge folks who are interested but maybe a little wary is like camp with like one pannier have like snacks food sunscreen water like the everything you need to fix a flat 
and your credit card and stop at little towns and just stay in like hotels and Airbnbs. And um, Mm -hmm. that's like really comfortable way of doing things. It's like you can tour around a region and see a lot of different small towns and get a lot of good exercise. Uh, You can even set yourself up so you could camp if you wanted to. And uh, that's, that's a great way to get into bike camping. Like you don't need to, uh, you don't, you don't, the camping part, I guess, is optional. Bike touring might be a better word. You can, right. you, can, you can kind of vacation on a bike instead of a car. And it's a really great way, especially, I think, um, it, you know, certain parts of the country, it's more fun than others. But, you know, when you have a nice flat terrain like Gaspé, I think Quebec would be a great province to do that. Like in and around Montreal, bikes are, are really, there's lots of good bike um, riding to be done. And it's not that hilly, unlike Vancouver. So, um, yeah, there's a lot of fun trips you can do with a bike that you couldn't really do on foot. Mm-hmm. No, that's very interesting. It's a different perspective because uh, I ride a carbon fiber road bike. Um, I use it for training and all that stuff. And basically, you can't mount anything on it. So it's <laughs> it's purely yeah. for training. <laughs> so totally, it's it's gonna be a it looks it will be a different experience getting something that you can put a saddle on and all that stuff and putting all your gear on. And I think the dynamics of the ride would be a bit different because you're you're kind of more laid back a little bit and kind of more casual than like a full on like I'm just gonna power through my training session type of thing. Totally, yeah. It's mm-hmm. it's not it it that that's like the difference almost between like. This, this metaphor only goes so far, but I, I would say that the, what you're getting at is a difference between like running um, athletically versus like backpacking. Because when you're right. hiking with a backpack, you're, you know, you have like a site you want to get to. And sometimes that can require a certain pace. And if you get really into backpacking, that pace can be pretty fast, right? Like you can challenge yourself, set ambitious goals and it can get it can shade into something more athletic but like for most of us most of the time you plan a trip that you think you can reasonably do and you and mm-hmm. and you know depending on your attitude like you can be pretty lackadaisical about it like um you can plan trips that are like uh 30k 40k a day and then you're mostly there just to chill out on your tent and, or your hammock and you know hang out by the water and read and and whatever and that's like a completely different vibe so you could spend like twice as long as you needed to 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 because the point isn't really where you're going it's more the destination and uh it's a great thing to do too along rail lines because you can do like a big day's ride and then hop in a train and but and to get home or you know between montreal and toronto my original plan was to take the train um most of the like part of the way out of the city maybe even as far as Kingston and then bike from there east to cut the trip in half. But right now, uh, for some reason, the Toronto or not Toronto, uh, the uh, rail via rail, via rail. Thank you. I was spacing on the name. uh, Aren't letting bikes uh, be stored as luggage because of COVID, I guess. So that's weird because the bikes have like a designated area on the train that you kind of bring in. But yeah, that's a different story. I didn't anticipate it. One thing that I kind of want to go back to a little bit is you, you touched on um, like it being a bit of a different experience um, doing something like this biking as opposed to driving, which I thought is pretty interesting. I'm actually um, I'm reading a book right now that's very popular with motorcyclists, Zen and the Art of Motorcycle Maintenance, um, which is kind of a 
philosophy book based around a motorcycle trip. But one thing that really connected with me, and I think it's a quote that a lot of people on motorcycles really relate to, is the concept of like the reason people associate motorcycles with freedom. And I feel like it resonates probably true with a trip like this on a bike as well, maybe more so to an extent, but the, the quote, something along the lines of like, um, being in a car and doing a road trip, you get to see everything, but you get to see everything removed through a frame Mm. where it's like, Mm, you're looking at it through a window and it gives you this layer of detachment, even though you're just as close to everything, it gives you this layer of detachment from things where it almost feels like, I know as a kid, it almost felt like when I'd be driven places, you're basically like teleporting from point A to point B and you can see stuff along the way, but it doesn't really feel the same traveling through it. Whereas when you're on a motorcycle, you can feel the wind and smell all the smells and there's no frame around you at all. Like you are just in it. Yeah. Um, your yeah. feet are right above the ground that you're driving on. Like you could just put your foot down and touch the ground and probably shouldn't while you're driving, but <laughs> you could just put your foot down and touch the ground. And I think, um, let's go off Flintstones some, mode. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. And to some extent, I'm guessing, um, there might be some trade-offs of like, maybe when you're biking, you get a little bit more tired, so you don't have the energy to pay as much attention or, but on the flip side also, you don't have to worry quite as much about the speed and quite as much about the traffic interaction as you do on a motorcycle. So maybe you've got a little bit more freedom to look around. Um, how do you find that when traveling, like that connection to the scenery around you? Yeah. A lot of things came to mind. Like you're definitely more connected to your environment. Like I feel way more aware of things like hills, which, you know, it seems kind of obvious, like, but when you're driving like a hill, you kind of notice it in the sense that you have to maybe like put more gas on or something if you don't have cruise control on. But like when you're on your bike, like a hill is like, it's a force of nature. It has a personality. Like some hills are like mess you up. You know, they're going to really, really kick your butt. And then other hills, mm-hmm. you know, they're long and an endurance contest. And you, you notice like the real, the quality of the terrain and the geography of the terrain in, in such a more vivid detail. Like you can feel the sense of triumph when you're zooming down after climbing up a long, you know, incline. Mm-hmm. You, you can, um, you really get a, this feeling for like uh, the, the energy that needs to be spent in order to convey yourself from point A to point B in a really direct way. So that's one sense that you feel more engaged. But another one is just, you know, I, one thing that came to mind is that um, I see so much more like of my environment, partially because I'm going slower so I can notice things more. Um, but also like you literally can see you're, you're, you are more engaged in your environment. You're looking around more. You, you're more present, I think with your surroundings. So I see yeah. like, I become way more aware of roadkill. And I don't know if it's that I just don't see it when I'm driving or something about where I'm positioned in the car. You don't see it. But I every time I ride my bike along a, like a busy road, I feel like I see way more litter, roadkill, and stuff like that. And just sort of like the uglier side, maybe. Or like... Right. I don't, I, and like cars feel so threatening when you're on a bike, especially when you're <laughs> on like country roads or like when you're outside of a city. Like... You know, Dude, even Tor- in the city, it's even in the city, <laughs> Toronto, especially Toronto is a scary city to bike in compared to Vancouver. But like, yeah, in in out in the country, you have cars just zooming by. They go so fast and they don't give you enough space. And you're sometimes like hugging a shoulder and it's terrifying. So, you know, in so many ways, it's 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 more embodied and it's more. Uh, direct experiencing it's more of a feeling of a of a trip of a journey of uh, progress and 
you know, you, it can be really joyful and really positive, um, if you do it right. And, and another, um, yeah, maybe I'll leave it at that. So I completely feel what you said about like you, you, you there's yeah. this frame, you're more in the environment. It's so true mm-hmm. of riding a bike and it's kind of good in bad ways. Like you do see the uglier side of like some things like seeing the roadkill, for example, and it's not a bad yeah. thing. It's just sort of sad. You know, you're, you're like more aware of sort of car culture's effect on our environment, I guess. Yeah. And- I think um, one, one thing you definitely pick up on the motorcycle that's similar. And I think part of that is, especially with the roadkill, um, you get a lot more sensory involvement. Uh, you, you smell it a lot more. You mm-hmm. smell your surroundings a lot more than you would in a car. Mm-hmm. Um, and on a motorcycle, you have the problem of the way they vent. Uh, pungent smells tend to get trapped in the helmet a little bit. Um, mm, so roadkill can be right. really bad on bikes. Um, but it, it also kind of makes me think, um, I, I just reflecting back on a recent motorcycle ride I did on the Blue Ridge Parkway, I've twice now when been, been riding through the mountains, zigzagging, um, and seen a very large black bear crossing the road. Um, and the first time I thought, oh, that's kind of cool, but it feels, it feels weird. Like there's almost a little bit more of, of a danger feeling to it. I mean, I'm going so fast, there's no way he could do anything, but if I had to stop or something like I'm just out and exposed. Um, and I kind of had a reflection on that the first time I saw it. And the second time, which was more recent, when I saw the same thing, I was having this same reflection. And then the thought crossed my mind as um, right before I saw the black bear, I passed a cyclist coming in the other re- direction who would have also seen that black bear while riding a bicycle. <laughs> and, and just the, the added, like... I, I can't imagine how much his heart must have been racing. Um, I mean, he was probably going at a good clip. He was coasting downhill on a steep mountain road, but still, like, if he saw that black bear coming, it would have also been approaching as he was going by. Right. Because it was like it waited for him to go by, and then it crossed, and then I went by. Right. Um, If he had seen that, I don't know what would have been going through his mind. But I also don't know if, like, people around here maybe get accustomed to stuff like that. But um, actually, that's another good question. Have you guys ever had any crazy uh, wilderness encounters like that? Yeah, I I have. I was riding my bike on Vancouver Island, and we were near, um, like, the west side of Vancouver Island. Like, I think it's uh, near kind of Souk area, but north of there. And we biked by, we were on like these logging roads and um, there was a black bear and it's cubs that ran across the road a little ahead of us. And uh, that was kind of, it wasn't, I didn't feel scared in that moment. Like I felt aware of that it was a dangerous thing and there was a sense of like things had gone differently that could have been quite um, bad. Mm -hmm. One time I got, I was riding my bike um, south of Vancouver to uh, like the Cascade Mountain area, like east of um, Anacortes. And uh, uh, there was like a farm I biked by and there were these big dogs. Like in my memory, they were like black, like uh, German shepherds or something. And they huge dogs and they started chasing me. And I tried to out bike them and I could barely lose them. And they followed me a long ways and I was biking so hard. And that was terrifying. And I didn't think they were, like, bad. I didn't get a sense that they would have hurt me if they caught me, but they were definitely, like, their prey drive was engaged and just, they just were chasing. chase mode. Yeah. <laughs> I've had quite chase. a few dogs that just like to chase things on wheels. Yeah. Yeah. Same. Yeah. It's it's very interesting because, like, you know they're, they're trying to just have fun and just play around, but you kind of want to outrun them anyway. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
but yeah i think going back to the point where you're more aware of your surroundings is more true as you're cycling because you kind of want to know your terrain coming up like you don't want to puncture or anything like that so mm-hmm. like potholes and like rough terrain is more um apparent uh when you when you do cycling and yeah it's just that you just have to be alert of everything around you it's almost that you had to have like a um, a top-down 3d view of your surroundings in your mind at all times almost yeah mm-hmm. you have to definitely be yeah. more aware no, Bing, um, we've been talking a lot about Will's upcoming trip, but I know you bike a lot too. Um, what kind of biking do you typically prefer to do? I know you've mentioned kind of exercise biking. Do you yeah. switch it up at all or do you kind of stick to mostly city stuff? No, it's mostly like planned routes. Um, kind of drive out to the countryside, have a planned route, go at a certain pace, uh, try to hit a time and that kind of stuff. Uh, if it's mm-hmm. like training for a hill climb, hill climbs are great um, once you, you know, top the hill. Uh, but the climb mm-hmm. is always painful. Uh, but it's always a good satisfaction to get to the top. And, but you don't know I if you're going Miley to go Cyrus downhill. I think Cyrus had a song about that. Yeah? <laughs> Miley Cyrus has a lot of songs, you know. She has a song about biking up a hill? Yeah, it's The Climb or something. Oh, check that out. I'm not. I'm not referencing that, but yes, <laughs> I'm referencing that. Um, but yeah, you just get a good satisfaction of trying to hit uh, like your milestones and stuff like that. So it's more exercising for me. Uh, I don't do anything much outside of that, um, mainly because, uh, well, one, I never really tried. Two, the other type of cycling I do in the city is with like a fixed gear, just because. Um, I was a bike mechanic uh, when in the university days, and that was a style at the time. So you might as well just try and be trendy and hip and and do something like that. But it's, I can no. tell you that that's painful. Um, no, was gear. that did that trend get um, influenced by that Joseph Gordon-Levitt movie, or was that Joseph Gordon-Levitt movie a response to that existing trend? Uh, the latter. Because it existed way back, um, like back in 2005, 2006. So we started riding fixed gear back then. And I think uh, the movie came out in like 2009, 2010. Forgot. But but yeah, it was was basically like, hey, let's bring these track bikes uh, onto the road and everyone's like oh yeah we have more ground feel and i can uh, i can get a good sense of like how my grip is but at the same time like you wouldn't want one gear like you wouldn't want to race a formula yeah. one car with one gear that's not really it's like the, the barefoot <laughs> running of bicycling exactly yeah like, it, it is <laughs> it's pretty much is and it's just it's just very tough on the body i find it but but yeah uh strictly road cycling for me right now um uh, haven't really tried anything else Maybe I should just try to get into like um, like gravel bikes or mountain bikes. I think those would be fun. Yeah, but then you can now I, do it. I I do remember a picture of you holding a bike in one hand above your head on like a gravelly looking road. I think I think that might have been on like a trip out west or something. Am I correct with that? Oh yeah, it was a trip up north to the Muskoka region where I just didn't know all the small roads were gravel, so it was a really tough time riding because my tires were not mm. equipped for gravel that well. It's not that I can't ride on it, it's just that I can't, you know, go flat out on it. 
Um, but so it was uh, unintentionally a gravel trip. Exactly. <laughs> it was, uh, it was not, uh, it was not planned. And that was probably my mistake. <laughs> yeah. Now, now you and Will are planning on potentially, uh, meeting up and biking together a little bit on this trip. Um, mm-hmm. what are your thoughts and plans in like how, what would that look like? Cause I assume you need to be able to like get back to wherever you start if you're not going with them the whole way. Yeah, exactly. So I think I want to join Will for one of his stints. And I think we're still just going through the logistics of how that works. But I'm, I'm thinking of uh, driving out to like the end point and try to intercept it on the, on the way on his path. So we could just ride like I, I ride like half the route uh, essentially. Uh, so I make the okay, loop yeah. while Will just does the entire thing on his stint. Um, but yeah, I think we just need to figure out the route uh, and how that will work. Yeah, we'll have to yeah. have a call to just write out the details. But that that would work well. Like, um, you're always going to run into trouble. Like the further east I go, the more you'd have to drive to get to where I, you know, end up. Yeah. So maybe the exactly. first day. So might as well like drive more east and ride west to intercept you might be yeah. a better option yeah yeah um, that'll be fun but you're gonna be so much faster than me <laughs> i ride <a> big <laughs> gravel bike with huge tires and you're like carbon fiber oh don't worry we we'll, so this is the good thing about riding in groups is that we can actually reduce each other's drag so if mm-hmm. you do get tired like we can we can draft and pull each other like it's not it's not a big problem you, you can actually feel the difference of like someone punching a hole in front of you uh, does to your basically wattage output. It's it's pretty crazy. Oh, awesome! Worst worst case scenario, just bring some rope and tie onto Bing's yeah. bike and the uh, bike train, <laughs> and and suddenly that's you know you're flying. And even better, you put uh, Teres up in front and she's Ooh. driving, pulling Bing, pulling Will. Oh yeah, it's uh, the it's the evolution of a peloton. There you yeah. go. Which actually, speaking of Teres driving, um, since you guys are going with different modes of transport. I'm assuming you can't bike faster than she can drive, Will. No. Is that a correct assumption? Yeah, that's true. Um, she, she's going to be enjoying like a more leisurely car camping experience. Um, she'll get to the site, set up camp, you know, hang out, read a book, and then I'll show up sweaty and exhausted at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but that, I guess that has the added benefit of um, you might be able to wiggle your way out of doing as much setup and teardown work if you're going to be taking longer to get from place to place anyway. <laughs> yeah, I, I expect so. I think there'll be some definite perks and like, um, yeah, and, and, and you know, another thing that biking is really susceptible to is weather. Um, if, True. you know, it's pouring rain, that we'll have to make it's adjustments. miserable. Yeah, so I'm actually it's kind of a relief because we've had such a rainy, wet summer this summer that um, mm-hmm. I would not I would be a fool to anticipate um, perfect weather. So if it's pouring, I might end up just skipping like any one section of the ride. So that's a nice perk too. Mm-hmm. Do you do you have any fallbacks for that? It, would it be like if you skip a section, you are just doing one less section, or do you have like in your mind, well, if I have to skip this section, I might do this other section in, instead? I don't really have anything like that. Um, really, there's like three chunks: um, sort of Prince Edward County to Kingston, Kingston to the Thousand Islands, and then the Thousand Islands to like near Montreal, and um, the last one of those is pretty short. 
So it's also kind of the most scenic, I think, in a lot of ways. So um, you can kind of like draw out that. that. And, and one of the things I don't know as well as I kind of should is I just sort of assumed it would be kind of scary to get into Montreal because in a car, it's very much like highways. Um, so I cut out like the last leg of the trip. Uh, I was going to meet today's kind of before um, we cross into the island of Montreal, like over the bridge. Right. But I don't know for a fact that it's unpleasant. And it's possible that there's some like really cool bike infrastructure that I'm just unaware of. So it might be mm-hmm. worth doing a little bit of research as a fallback. If I lose a day, I could gain a little bit longer on uh, Tuesday and um, have a little bit more of a scenic thing. Mm-hmm. That's a good point because yeah. Montreal does have a really good biking infrastructure. Like they have bike paths all over the place. Um, you can, they have bike sharings all over the city as well. So I'm sure you can find a nice route into the city. Yeah, I, I should do a little more work on that because it's a good idea to have a fallback. Yeah. Yeah. Um, now, I I know we probably have at least some listeners who are in a similar boat to me who haven't done bike camping and stuff like that so a little bit of a detour from your actual trip um what's the if you weren't doing this trip and you were doing one of your other bike packing trips where you don't have a car to rely on what are some of the main differences between how you would pack for a bike-based trip versus like a backpacking hiking through the woods type of trip that's a, a great question well i think there's different approaches um you definitely need to pack light. Uh, weight adds up if you're doing big distances and you don't want to um, be hauling like too much extra weight. So you're packing light. You may not even, you might be more inclined to do cowboy camping or tarp camping. Um, mm-hmm. Hammock camping is a great option. One of the things that I think is really special about bike camping is that you can camp in more places, if you, especially if you have a bit of an adventurous spirit than you can with a car because a lot of enforcement around like um, camping in certain areas that are designated. Not that I am condoning if any lawyers or whatever, I don't know one listens yeah. to our podcast. I mean, yeah, just kidding, but like, you know, take it as you want. But one of the nice things about uh, bike camping is that you can kind of be a bit more like punk about it and sleep on beaches um, outside, you know, in cities and stuff. You're, no one's going to really see you or bug you, especially if you're up with the sun. Um, and I've done that a lot when I bike camp. Mm-hmm. Um, you can you can go like especially on the west coast is easy because there's lots of these big beautiful beaches. And and what, what I would do is have like a bivy sack and a sleeping bag, or just a tarp and a sleeping like a light sleeping bag if it's summer, and um, sleep on a beach even if it's designated no camping. Like I don't like to do fires because that attracts attention and there's you know you can yeah. harm the wildlife. I think that's not really great. But you're not really harming anybody if you just like uh, do that. So I think having mm-hmm. like kind of more versatile camping gear is a really big plus for bike camping because you can take more advantage of how flexible you are. You're able to ride on, um, you know, you're able to get places cars can and you're able to like you don't have as big of a footprint in terms of like you're not as visible um, to park rangers right. and stuff. So, yeah. Um, I wonder, though, um, packing lights, would it be... Would it be useful to like send stuff to different spots, um, like to send it to a post office and you pick it up on the way, like something you do like on the big trails, like the Appalachian Trail? Oh, I've never done that. I'm sure people do. I've never done like the really big rides, like the people across Canada trip or all the way down south um, on the West Coast. 
Uh, I've never done that. And I don't think it's as big on the East Coast. I haven't heard of people doing like big East Coast, uh, like North South trips along the East Coast. I just, I, maybe they do. And I just don't know. But um, mm-hmm. I haven't heard of it as much. And um, I, and so maybe you need to be a bit more thoughtful. But what I found on the West Coast is like you typically you're covering enough distance and you're typically riding on like paved roads you're, you're going through towns so you're you're not um ever that far from like true a road, roadside burger stand a chip truck or <laughs> um a grocery that's store. true and you're yeah. burning a lot of calories so you can you can afford to eat dirty oh yeah too. oh man there's nothing better there's not like you 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 can't eat enough like the problem with bike camping is that you can't eat enough and like you can't get enough calories so Things like jars of peanut butter, Dude, um, gummy bears, gummy bears. <laughs> it's so uh, good. <laughs> beef jerky. I think, I think hiking. Um, once you hit a certain distance point, I've heard a lot. Uh, you get a similar. They call it the hiker hunger, um, where suddenly you can eat just ridiculous amounts of food, um, and you always feel hungry, um, and you're always ready to eat. But that's just like once you hit that high calorie burn, and I'm guessing just on a bike, you you might just hit that and sustain that a little bit faster. Mm. Um, but I think I think the mailing thing, like Will was saying, is probably um, for through hikes makes a lot of sense because you're going days at a time without possibly having access to food, and you can only carry so much food with you. So every time you hit a spot that you could have food and new gear and stuff, like it, it would be good to switch out. Although. It might be beneficial for for a long trip. I I just think there's definitely a much longer duration um, before it becomes beneficial to start doing because you got to think you're paying shipping for right. all this stuff, so you get away the cost of you're buying stuff and then shipping it versus buying stuff along the way. So yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, I I think with like bike camping is a really flexible and great way to travel because. And, but it really depends. Like the the biggest advantages of it is that you can cover lots of distance. Um, it's great exercise. If you have a nice bike, it can be it can be quite comfortable and fun. You're close to nature. You can do some camping, um, but you're not getting out in nature in the same way backpacking is. And some of the downsides are like traffic can be an issue. You don't want to go through big cities or urban centers often because it can be hard to find places to like safely store your bike or or put your stuff. Um, so it's good to go to like scenic places. Like, um, some of my best touring is like smaller towns and scenic areas. Uh, and you know, like the Gulf islands is a great example. Like you guys remember salt spring, like that's perfect for bike. Camp. I mean, the, it's hilly, so that's not perfect. But like, other mm-hmm. than that, it's perfect because you've got all these cute little towns and restaurants to eat at. Um, so it, it's really the closest cut. Co- you shouldn't think bike camping and and make a mental association with like backpacking or like camping really you're not roughing it as much i mean sure you're camping and maybe some trips are more like that um but often like you're in more populated areas and you're just traveling distances between like smaller towns or um spots like that that's like that's like more typical i think of of of, of what bike camping would be for most people most of the time right now um I think we're, we're getting close to time here, but before we go, um, maybe a good note to end on, Will. Uh, for someone like me who's not been a big biker, I don't have really any bike camping specific gear. I don't even own a bike right now. Um, which, 
how could I get into something like this? And what would you prioritize like me putting money into if, you know, should I buy the flashiest bike? Could I get by with something cheaper? Is there some gear you would focus more of my budget towards? Mm. Um, what kind of advice do you have for that? That's a great question. Mm -hmm. Um, if you're not someone who bikes for fun, on or like a semi-regular basis for exercise i i would consider going up somewhere where you can pay like an outfitter and there's tons of these there's even one that will outfit you for the toronto to montreal trip and they'll uh, give you all the gear you need i would consider something like that first because what you would need is a touring bike. <laughs> you you mm -hmm. you really you can and, and and many people will disagree with me do longer bike camping type style trips with like a road bike that you would get at like a used bike store um, or something like that, uh, that has a rack. You, what you need, theoretically, all you need is like a bike that f works uh, well enough and um, a rack that you can put a tent and two panniers, you know, one or two panniers on that will probably cover you for like smaller trips. But I think you need to be really careful because a lot of like, um, like, a lot of like non-touring bikes they're made out of aluminum the the bike tires um might not be like in great repair like in terms of their true and and their spokes like how tight their spokes are and you can end up blowing out your tire like really fast so i think it's a kind of thing that if you want to like dip a toe in and see if you like it um i wouldn't buy a touring bike um i wouldn't i just it's they're kind of expensive and they're not the kind of bike you'd want to have to like just bike around town for fun um, mm -hmm. like I bike around town for fun on my touring bike. Everyone who owns a touring bike that I know, if you know that they would do that as well. But if that's all you're using it for, it's like a little silly, you know? So, um, I would consider an outfitting service and I would, I would do like, uh, I'm sure that there's some amazing bike rides around where you are. So maybe, you yeah. know, the three of us could put our heads together if we're interested and find like a ser an outfitting service for bike camping and maybe do some, a uh, fun trip like that. The three of us. Ooh. Yeah. That will be interesting. Sounds awesome. Well, uh, we will have to get back to that and see if we have some episode material and uh, let all of our wonderful listeners know. And we'll also definitely, in the more short term, have to sync back up with the two of you and uh, see how your trip actually went uh, when you're done the biking trip, which should be by the time we record our next episode. With that, I think that's going to do it for us this week. Uh, make sure to tell your friends about us. The more listeners we have, um, the more encouraged we are to keep making content. Uh, we do have a limited number of episode ideas, so please email us if you have anything you'd like to hear us talk about. Uh, you can email us at info at thetrailbusters.com or hit us up on any social media platform at The Trailbusters. I think we've got them all covered there. And uh, for The Trailbusters, I'm Ethan. I'm Bing. And I'm Will. And we'll see you on the trail. Yes, sir.